morning, outliers. I know it's been a minute since I've recorded anything, but with the holidays, work, all that stuff. But today, I wanted to talk about microtransactions in video games. Um, as anybody knows, Eric has really kind of taken over and done more of the streaming. As I said, I've been kind of busy, but with Yakuza, which he's done a great job with, and it's very entertaining. I actually did not want to play Yakuza, and then I watched him play it, and now I want to play it, but in watching those, and then looking at the video game enterprise as a whole, I'm really kind of getting disgusted with the whole video game industry, as it were. Um, we've been, these video game companies are so consumed with making money that they put starter prices. It's not even, it's not even the price for the game anymore. It's a starter price. You play this game and then, like, Call of Duty. I'm paying, you know, $60 for a Call of Duty game, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you want this gun? That's, you know, 10 bucks. You want this You want this skin? That's another 5 bucks. And they're trying, to, they're trying to convince us and say, oh, it's cosmetic and you don't need it, but some of these games they encourage you to spend money to be better at the game. And they exploit people like us that work and don't really have time to grind on a game. And they're like, well, if you don't have time, you can just buy X item and it will make you better. Could you imagine growing up playing Zelda and they tell you oh yeah well this is the master sword but it's DLC you actually have to pay $10 for the master sword I it's disgusting the thought of it is just absolutely disgusting I remember growing up playing games like you know Ocarina of Time, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger. And the excitement was to go out and find, you know, these characters and these items. And, you know, like in Final Fantasy VII, you know, Yuffie's not part of your party initially. You have to go out, you have to chase her, you have to fight her a couple times, and then... After you fight her a couple times, she goes, okay, I'm just going to join your party. I'm going with you guys. Nowadays, it would be, oh, well, if you want, Yuffie, it's going to be $10. It's going to be $5. What happened to being able to grind? We go into these games and we play them because we enjoy them. And there's something satisfactory about grinding 
until you get to a level where, you know, at the end of Final Fantasy VII, you can beat Sephiroth. Nowadays, it's just, you want this buff? Okay, pay for it. There was a conference with a guy named Toroth Jernstrom. And this guy basically was telling these game companies how to attract what he called whales. These are people that are very easily exploitable with disposable income that can spend money. And he was talking about how to basically exploit these people's emotions to buy cosmetic items, to get DLC. And to me, that's just sickening. What happened to people wanting to achieve things for themselves? You know, we live in a society where the participation trophy dynamic has run rampant. No, not everybody's a winner. I, f I hate to fucking say it, but not everybody is a winner. You have to bust ass. You have to do things. You have to try and get better at what you're doing. I've been playing guitar now since I was 18. I am now going to be 35 this year. I'm still not good at it. I don't think I'm that great at it. We have a couple videos um, on the channel where I am playing guitar over, you know, <coughs> my goddaughter painting a picture. And I listen to it and I'm like, mm. you know, but I still work at it to try and get better. You know, imagine real life DLC where it was, yeah, Tim, you can get better at guitar. All you got to do is pay, you know, $9.99 and we'll improve your dexterity and we'll improve your sweeping technique and that kind of stuff. Fuck that. Even if that was available, I wouldn't take it. Now, granted, I did kind of buy into it a little bit with Rocksmith because I do want to get better at my craft, and it does have, there are some free aspects of the game where it does teach you how to be better. You know, it teaches you how to do pinch harmonics. It teaches you how to do sweeping. It teaches you how to do all that kind of stuff. There is some DLC within it. If you want to learn songs. Is it a necessary evil? Not really. You could do it like. You know like Guitar Hero where it's got static songs. But. I don't have to buy. Everything on there. If I don't want to learn. How to play the cars. I don't have to learn how to play the cars. It's not necessary. For me to go in and buy all the DLC. But there's some games now that it's almost, you know, you got your you got your pay to win games. 
where it's almost intrinsic to the actual mechanics in the game that you have to get these DLC or you're just going to get fucking slaughtered. You're going to get killed. Games like Fortnite, wow, they really kind of perpetuate the whole, oh, well, your friend just went out and bought this skin for his character and you're just running the stock. You know, don't you want to look cool like your friend? Don't you want to look... Don't you want to look like you actually, you know, are invested in the game? Like I said, level grinding, I work a lot. And it's not exactly easy for me to be able to do that. But I want to be able to dictate when I'm going to play. And if I want to master and get good at a game, I'll do it. It may take me longer to do it but there's a satisfaction in being able to achieve something to me going out and you know buying that awesome gun or buying that awesome sword or buying that awesome skin kind of takes away from the whole experience you're just buying yourself into being able to be awesome and you know, back in back in the day, when you were playing, you know, Final Fantasy VII, when you were playing Chrono Trigger, you didn't want to freaking go. They gave you the opportunity to go fight somebody like Labos real early in the game, but you knew that if you went to go do that, you were just going to get your ass kicked. It wasn't even going to be. It wasn't going to be anything. It'd be one hit insta kill. Bam, done. You had to go out. Assemble your party, go out, beat some bosses, level grind. You had to go out and want to achieve and get better at the game. Study it. Study these bosses. See what works. Everybody's so damn fooled by these game industries nowadays that, oh, you don't have time. You don't have time to game anymore. So here's an out. Here you go. And, you know, there were games back in the day that allowed you to cheat. You know, you had like Grand you had like your Grand Theft Autos and your Saint Throw, but those were like more those were like more fun mods. Like there was a cheat code to blow up all the cars. You just did that to be an agent of chaos. You were like Joker. But nowadays, game industries are so alienated by what the public actually wants and so focused on their own greed that they want to release games that are a shell. You know, there's the memes online that they show, you know, they'll show like a burger and they'll be like back in the day. $60 $60 will get you the whole burger. Nowadays, $60 will get you the boat. They'll get you the buns. And then the burger, the cheese, and all the toppings are all DLC. All, all purchasable. 
don't let these game companies rope you in and say that you need cosmetic items, that you need to buy this awesome gun. Go in, enjoy the game, have fun, enjoy it for what it is. Don't let these fucks that line their pockets every single day tell you how to game. A lot of us have been doing this for many, many years now. These assholes don't know anything about us. Anyway, that's my rant. Uh, I'm going to try and get some more stuff up over the next couple weeks. Depending on my work schedule, things have been kind of crazy, but... I will talk to you soon, outliers. Go tear shit up, enjoy your games, and we'll talk to you soon. Come on, motherfuckers. Come on and get me. Then I thought about it. This has gone way beyond ridiculous, beyond dumb. This is insanity. What is going on? I'm gonna fight you, bro. Seriously, that's it? Yeah. No. I told you it's a rhino and then it's paid off. All happening at once. Pop the molly, now I'm sweating. And you got an eight to third chance of winning. Yo, that buddy is a dead man. I'm dumb as fuck. English, somebody said I'm good girl, drinking up all wines, that's what I'm talking about, lyrics by, lyrics by Eric Danhoff, <laughs> lyrics by Google Translate, so when I was, there was a scene in Yakuza 0, and I basically, I fought like 25 guys with baseball bats, and they bring me aside and they say, Majima, you run our club. You hire pretty girls. You save our business. And then it trans transitions into makeover montage with this playing after I fought 10 guys with bats. And I'm like, this is I the greatest game of all time. <laughs> I remember you messaging me and you're like, so I just got into a gang fight with like 10 dudes. And then all of a sudden, weird J-pop makeover. What is happening? Ridiculousness. So this is my game of the year, even though it came out in like 2015. It's my game of the year for like the next two years. That's all right. You're low. You're low. Totally. Sorry, Kojima. They fucked you up. <laughs> you got me with the cabaret, Mariah Carey music. I'm hooked now, brother. <laughs> for the guy in the eye patch, he's like my spirit animal. He's like the best guy in the game. That's Majima. This one dude gets rowdy and tries to fight him at his club. He's like, I can't fight you. And like the dude's trying to fuck him up like, what is it, a knife? Yeah. He's got, and he's like trying to stick him with a knife and like the fight ends. And Majima 
There's like, I'm not gonna have you arrested, you work too hard. He's like, I'm begging you, please buy everybody's tab. And the guy's like, you know what? You're right, I'm gonna buy everybody's tab for the night. He's a gangster, OG. So, basically, Yakuza Zero, you see Majima and Kiryu, those are like the two protagonists, and they're like destined to rise up and have their own families and, and like the whole hierarchy. Now I'm playing Yakuza 1, and Majima's like a villain. He just runs up to you and he's like, Kiryu-chan, we must fight. Every time I see you on the street, we will fight. And he's like, why? And he's like, because you've been in jail for 10 years and I need to build you back up. So let's go. And he just like punches you in the face. And like, so you're walking down the street trying to do side quests. And then you see him. And he's like, <laughs> and he like runs at you. <laughs> so like you beat him up. And he's like, good job. I can't wait to see you and fight again on the street. Goodbye. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. That one scene that I saw you play where you fucking, where you fight the dude. And all of a sudden Majima comes up and he's like, he beats the dude with his fucking umbrella. He yeah. beats him almost to death with it. He's hitting his own guy with the umbrella. Like, don't oh. hurt don't hurt my friend that I want to kill. It's almost like Joker Batman type thing, yeah. like destined to fight forever. But then the best part, when I was playing, I haven't played like the last two nights because we're all sick and trying to get unsick. Yeah. So, unsickified. Unsickified. There's a scene where like, I just got done fighting him. And then I go to, like, a story mission, and they're like, you need to meet the bartender in this bar, and he's going to give you information for your mystery. So I'm sitting there, and it's him in a tuxedo, and he's like, uh? <laughs> he's like, he gives you, like, all these drinks, and then you try them, and he's like, okay, it's five million yen. And he's like, I don't have that money. He's like, okay, I guess we got to fight. See you outside. So you have another fight. <laughs> and then you win, and then he's like, make it funny. He's like, you thought I was giving you expensive stuff? I'm just giving you the cheap shit. Like, the guy who translates the Japanese into, like, American slang is, like, whoever it is, they're beasts. Because the way he was wording it, he's like, you're drinking that, cutter, that gutter piss, that hobo juice. I saw the phrase hobo juice, and I laughed for, like, 25 minutes. See, and it's good to see. <laughs> it's good to see that some, some games have a good localization department. Lord knows, um... I would say Yakuza has some of the best localization I've ever seen. Which is which is crazy because my phone just made the Phoenix Wright noise and I was going to actually talk about Phoenix Wright. For the most part, their localization department is good, but like you get like minor like grammar things. Even Apollo was awkward. Yeah. But Yakuza is like straight. Like the way they do it, and it's kind of funny, like you could tell the writers, like the Japanese writers, mm. do not like Chinese people. Because the way that Chinese people are written and the way that their stuff is translated into English is very stereotyped. Like, me sorry, you not go here. Like, it's bad. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. But then, like, there's different dialects for the Japanese. Like, the street guys talk like we, like, dude, like, their version of dude. Bro, and like, yeah, yeah, you get, yeah, you is ya, yeah, and like, your is Y-E-R. So they, they were able to, like, translate it to, like, street talk. Elite talk, like everything was like sectioned off real nice where it's easy to just get in and like and identify everybody like quickly. And I was like, God damn. I was going to say, one of my favorites from Phoenix Wright though is from Phoenix Wright 2. If you don't do something right and you end up failing the, or you end up, you know, not winning the case, 
It's classic. It's a meme. It, it says, but the miracle never happened. Oh. Yeah, the miracle never happened. Shit. I like this anchor. She's all like. She reminds me of somebody I used to work with. Um, Underneath, she's got like the little, the little Jaegers. <laughs> it's like Ron Burgundy. Modern <laughs> time. We're on 30 seconds. We're on right now. Oh, man. So, mm. I, yeah, Yakuza's the shit. And, um, Kate, tell me about this movie you watched. Joker. So, um, I haven't told, I haven't even said anything to Tim. I would not even tell him I liked it or disliked it. I really appreciate the, like, the silent, holding of your silence till I showed up, because that means a lot. Um, so I'm going to say my piece. Hit me. There was one part that really bugged me. Tim already knows about that. I'll get to that. Um... This might be my my favorite comic comic in quotation marks movie yet. Um, I think it was shot beautifully. I think the imagery. I think all the symbolism, all the foreshadowing. Goosebumps. Yeah. Um, I think they. I, it was incredible. I think it was absolutely incredible. Like I want to rewatch it again right now. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it. Um, the view, we, the Bruce Wayne story, the Bruce Wayne origin is so stale and to start the canon over in that way, like you feel for, like and everybody kept talking about how you feel for Joaquin Phoenix's character. I'm like whatever. Like I like I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get hung up on that. Right. Like no you and like so there's a type of dementia where people like laugh and cry it inappro- like inappropriately. I like I looked it up after the movie. Yeah, they can't. I don't know about any other type of psychological disorders, but there is a type of dementia. And I had I had residents that had that. Yeah. And, like, so when he's laughing like that, all I want to do is just, like, hug him and hold him. Dude, can we talk about the scene in Comedy Club? And he's basically, he's laughing at his own jokes, and he's, like, choking himself to try to stop his body from laughing. Mm Mm-hmm. I was, like, fucking, like, my heart stopped. My stomach hurt watching this movie. There were so many parts, honestly, kind of reminded me of my brother. Where, like, his body was doing stuff that he could not, like, his... Control. Control. Yeah. And I was like, I was not expecting that. I was expecting rudimentary shit. And I got hit with something that was way more real than I ever bargained for. More like, complex. Fuck they yeah. Made, they made Joker a whole... I think a the, whole new dimension that he's ever been taken. I think what's crazy, and I talked about this with Tim, like the day I was like, I called you, I went to the store, I'm like, bro, I don't know how to un- not spoil this movie, but fuck, mm-hmm. watch this shit immediately. It took like two months, but whatever. It's been like four, <laughs> I don't know. But like, there's something about that movie that like, 
it's so easy for them to bring you in under the guise of a comic book movie, but it's really a movie about you as a person. When you're going down the street and you see a crazy person, what do you do? Right. How do you feel about it? Well, that's what made, you know, it got, Joker got a lot of good press and it got a lot of bad press. And the reason why it got a lot of bad press is because people don't want to feel like they're an asshole. And that movie really kind of takes, it kind of takes it and turns it back on you. Like, which one are you? A hundred percent challenge movie. Uh, No, I don't think that's why it got a lot of bad press. I think it got a lot of bad press because everyone is very, Batman is is in a mold. Not only that, Todd Phillips said some old school shit and people didn't like that. Todd Phillips was like, people need to stop getting fucking offended and you need to look at real shit. Yep. And people were like, oh, how dare? But it's like, watch the movie, and you're like, that's what he means. That movie makes all the shit that he said to me in the media a whole new context. Which means there are some things you cannot sugarcoat, hide from, avoid. Right. You have somebody in your family that is, you know, damaged. They're messed up. Do you help them? You know, people in the system, are they getting the help they need? They don't. There are some that are just left to their own devices. Well, the crazy shit was, the the one that hit hardest for me was when he has his initial breakdown after he finds out that, you know, his mom... Lots of spoilers. Yeah. Watch this shit anyway. Yeah. His mom, you know, was lying to him. Oh, and he he breaks into Zazzy Beats' apartment. Oh my god, dude! And she's like, "Your name's Arthur, right? What are you doing here?" Annie, the, the my, delusions alone. My yeah. wife. Woo-hoo. I looked at I looked at my wife. My wife was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" That whole yep. thing was imagined. And yep. I'm like, "This movie just fucking went way here." Yep. Because they get you. They get you so easy. Because it's convincing. No, they bring you into his delusions. Yeah. They bring you in, you become a part of the delusion with him. And then there was a, in the beginning of the movie, he he envisions this whole conversation with Robert De Niro live on the Mm -hmm. TV show at Murray. Everybody's done that. You've imagined. Uh If I ever met Conan O'Brien at the bar, I would say this and everybody's going to get a kick out of it. You know what I mean? Right. If I, you know, can I meet Conan O'Brien in a bar? That would be pretty fun. Right, right. You know, I, I, I had a bunch of stuff planned. If I ran into Janelle Monae when I saw her live before she got famous, marry me. Didn't happen. <laughs> is that is that what you would say? Yeah, I, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it, but she looked mad, and I didn't want to say nothing because she looked mad. I'm like, she might hit me, so I fuck it. But everybody has that delusion of grandeur. His plus. The dementia, plus you find out later all the shit that he went through from his mom. That's the shit, honestly. The way the movie, like, it's like a snake. It wraps itself around you and it fucking strangles you. Yep. Where you feel exactly, yep. okay, yeah, I, if that was me, I'd be going shooting motherfuckers too. <laughs> yep. Well, it, my, okay, I gotta, I gotta go back to this, but my That looks delicious. So... <laughs> So, this whole, you know, Bruce Wayne origin story is stale. Right, right, right. Okay? We all have this cookie-cutter mold of what Bruce Wayne is supposed to be and what Batman is supposed to be. 
I love the and, way they did Thomas Wayne in this movie. This shit was so fucking real. He's a regular ass rich dude punching hobos. He don't give a fuck. Nope. Oh. Sorry. Well, he's. You find out why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be cool with anyone touching my kid, my fictional kid. How did you? Okay, can I ask you real quick? How did you feel about that scene with like Alfred, like where the shit almost breaks the fuck down? Um. I was still very confused at that point. Really? Because I was like. Yo, they're gonna have a fucking fight through the gate. Like, I was like, grab any like this. That's Alfred. Alfred's getting ready to shank a dude. Because <laughs> like at that point, I'm like, like what's real and what's not real. Like, and so I wasn't a hundred percent sure until Thomas Wayne punched him. You think so? You think that shit was like? Do you think the Alfred shit was? You thought initially you thought it was a magic. Yeah, she thought, thought it, it was. Could, maybe I thought it could possibly have been an origin. Okay. Anyways, back to off that tangent for a second. So, Bruce Wayne, Batman, <laughs> origin story stale. This was more than a Joker origin story to me. I see this more as a telling of the Gotham origin story. We've never before had how Gotham went so bad so fast. And now we know. Yeah. Now we know that it was it wasn't... The way that it's always been kind of portrayed is... Well, all these bad mobsters moved in, and then it went to shit. Whereas now, it's more like, mm, no, there was a lot of political unrest, and things were unraveling, and there was a lot of politicians that were go- grabbing for power, and we f- we find out more about why Gotham went so dark. I love that. Too too bad. Too bad. It's never going to become main canon, though. Well, it doesn't have to, because I like DC has always been able to set itself apart from Marvel with Elseworlds-type stories, and that's where they fucked up with Justice League, with the Snyder shit. They could have totally went on their own tangent and sold it as Elseworlds, and it could have they could have did it, whatever the fuck they wanted, just like this movie does. I think that this movie will eventually... I think there's going to be another movie what? In, this, in this universe. Yes, they're saying... They're already talking about making a Joker too. but what is this... What is this called? It's like DC Dark or something like that? Well, here's the part that's kind of like convoluted because there's so many different DC offshoots. Like, comic-wise, Elseworlds, they have DC, um, DC Black. Is that what the... Which has the fucking... That one... I, I told Tim about this, but there's a story that was written by... I think it was Brian Azzarello, the guy who does 100 Bullets. Uh-huh. And he did the Rorschach prequel for Watchmen. Okay. He does this fucking story of Batman getting hit with the fear toxin from Scarecrow and he remembers a moment when Thomas Wayne like smacked his mom and it creates this like fear fucking like this like deep dive into like his own fears and it creates like a monster within him and I was like holy shit. Like stuff like that they're able to get away with that in the comic world because it's not the main canon. The movies, dude, you have like unlimited budget trying to compete with Marvel. You can do fucking, you can go all the way over here. And this movie is the first one to do that. And look at how successful it was. They beat out Deadpool. It's the most, it, it is the most ex- successful R-rated movie of all time now. Yes, it is. Yep. I mean, I see why. <clears throat> it was very, very well done. This This puts, like I said, this turns... The mirror back on society as a whole, 
I mean, you're either you're either Arthur because, you know, I've said it in the past, you know, I think all of us deal with some sort of depression, you know, with me, I deal with, you know, anxiety and depression. And there's a lot of times where you feel very, 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 very much alone and nobody recognizes you, even if they see you on the street. And, you know, even at the end of the movie when he's like, if I was dying in the middle of the street, you wouldn't help me. You would just step over me. And, like, I, I know I know, I know, know you said that's why people don't like it. That's my opinion why people don't like it is because nobody likes to be told they're an asshole. And Todd Phillips, what he said about, you know, you can't get offended about every little thing. That's why people got so butthurt about it is because... Basically, Todd Phillips was saying, hey, let's stop being fucking dicks to everybody. And everybody's got their own shit they're going through. And maybe this dude that's just randomly laughing and shit, maybe he's got some fucking problems. And maybe we need to get him some help. Instead of fucking just laughing at him and fucking bringing him on national TV to laugh at him even more. It was also a fucking subject about bullying. Because that's what Murray was in that movie. Was a bully. The only reason why he brought Arthur, the only reason why he brought Arthur on the show is because... Trying to make a meme out of him. He was trying to make a meme out of him. He's like, yeah, we're going to show that clip one more time because we're going to fucking refresh your memory on how much of a fucking magoo this dude is before I bring him out. What a real and, joker, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this guy's getting fucked that's, that's why I was, <laughs> I was like, That's why it was kind of satisfying. I mean, it was shocking. But it was kind of satisfying when he's like, yeah, you know what? You're a fucking asshole. And you know what happens to assholes? Bang! Not even that. The best scene for me, the scene that made me start laughing out loud in the theater, is when the two co-workers came to visit Arthur when he was in, like, uh, uh, paint yeah. mode. Yeah. He beat that motherfucker to death. And the poor little guy, he couldn't reach the doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> it was the chain lock. Yeah, right, right. Chain lock. And he let him out and he's like, you're, you're a good guy. And I was like. And he kisses him on the forehead. He's I was like, like this motherfucker. You, you were always the nicest was, yeah, to me. you were the only one that was nice to me. Because. It's funny because when they like, you know, <clears throat> when they're harassing. I don't know the politically correct term, but this little person, right. midget, dwarf, I don't i don't know what the politically correct term is. Um, man of short stature. Um, you know, the, that, that laugh, that uncontrollable laugh that he has kicks in. And... That shit, like... It's like... Yet, yet he's the one that gets to live because, you know, like, he didn't like the fact that the rest of the clowns were... Harassing him. Yeah. And, then, and the, the one guy that he fucking mercs was the biggest dick out of all of them because he would be like, yeah, you're my boy and I want to take care of you and blah, 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 blah. We all know somebody like that. Yeah. That's, that character was written like that for a and reason. And he fucking ends up selling, he ends up selling well, them up the yeah. fucking river. He, well, he's like, here, you know, here's this gun. And yeah. then, mm. a, you know, a week later. He sells them out to his boss. He's like, well, yeah, he came up to me last week asking, asking for, uh, to buy a 35 yeah. for me. What, like, Oh, yeah. That was the moment when I was yeah, that. He I'm was like, a, he, he was he dead. He, he was fucking dead. He did. <laughs> and everybody knows somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I loved when he had, you know, he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, right? And he fucking just, oh, when he was punches, satisfied. When he punches the clock, I was like, that's me. <laughs> that part is <laughs> oh, me. Oh, you got to punch out. The punch in the clock, that is 100% me. And I'm like, I feel like I've identified with this movie way too much. <laughs> <laughs> but... Overall, in my opinion, Joker was 
worth the wait. And, and I was one of the biggest people that was on the fence about it because I would watch a trailer and I'd be like, I'm all about it. I'd watch another trailer and you, I'd be like, you and, me, you and me both. And then all of a sudden, you know, you watch it and you're like, holy fuck. Like, the more you go through the movie, you're just like, I think you're literally watching the movie like this the entire time, fucking white knuckling it because it's just, it's intense. It's just a real intense movie. Not a lot of movies will do that anymore. Like, I mean, Marvel, I mean, if you compare just from one comic book movie to another, you pull people on this emotional ride. You know, 20 movies, and then Thanos shows up, just mercs half the fucking universe. That's emotional. Okay. But you still have, like, personal movies like this, where it's like, you and me in a room. And it's like, you've done bad things. And you need to admit that. What are you going to do from right now? Right. Marvel has not done that shit. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like a roller coaster. DC has the opportunity. They've had the opportunity and potential to fucking hit you in the chest in so many different ways. So many different fucking ways. From Man of Steel all the way down. And this is the first DC movie for me that finally got it. That's like, this is what makes our stories mean something different. Mean something special. This movie, it completely fucking knocks you over the head with a bat. Especially by the end, because... Did you ever... You, I don't know if you went online yet after you watched the movie because, like, oh, spoilers and shit, but there's the, the Silent Bob, Kevin Smith podcast he does. He, I guess, he met with one of the guys who was working, not on the movie, but he was, like, in the Insider in Hollywood, and he said the original ending for this movie was Joaquin not just shooting the parents, but shooting Bruce. So, like, no fucking Batman. This is all Joker universe, baby. That was apparently the rumored ending of the movie. And they're like, no, we can't do that. It's too fucked up. <laughs> I, if I, if Rise I, to the streets weren't bad enough. I, what, just him dancing in the suit. I was, like, watching this, like, oh, fuck. This is, like, there's something about this movie that, like, like the, the, the snake analogy... It, it coils you up and it just starts choking you and you're like, you can't, you can't let go. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching? The thing with, with, uh, with Sophie, like when you go back and you start piecing it together, that whole time he was just walking by himself and he's just imagining this conversation, even in the hospital, like sitting in the hospital, looking at the newspapers. I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like everything, just the way that they, they just, they, they rope you in. I love that shit. I talked about it so many times. Like, hey, come on. Yeah, come on in. Bam! Fuck you. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and to, to touch upon a lot of like what you had said, this is the first... I, think this, I would have to say, I think this is the first comic book movie. Once again, bunny ears that it's not you're not waiting for the gratuitous you know gratuitous violence mm -mm. like you you know you go into the marvel movies normally the dc movies because they're action movies right and you're the, set up you see the trailer you you're waiting for the best shit because they showed you the best shit already yeah 
this, you don't realize it's an action movie until the last half hour. Of the the movie. best shit in the movie is like when some when Joaquin's by himself. Mm-hmm. The yeah. best, the most emotional shit is when the spotlight is on him alone and his body is like fighting against him. Yeah, and I'm just like, uh, okay. Because, like, you think about all the different versions of Joker. And I think you and I have talked about this at length. Mm-hmm. Drunken, sober, whatever. How do you attack a role like that? You have to do something different. You have to do something that pulls people in. But, you know, the beautiful thing about his Joker is you could go back and you could watch Heath Ledger's Joker, Jack Nicholson's Joker, even... Um, why I can never forget Cesar Romero. Thank you. I can never remember his name. Cesar Romero. The mustache. <laughs> uh, but you can go back and watch any of those jokers. And make the leap that Joaquin's was their origin story. Yeah. That's kind of like he did something to tie all the jokers together that I don't think anyone else could have been could have possibly have done. No. And I feel like this was very much DC coming in and being like, this is why we're badass because we have the best villains. Finally. Marvel Marvel has the best has the best superheroes in my humble opinion. But DC is DC a shit. Schools everyone on I was villains say. and they've been doing them an injustice. For 30 years. Fuck, yeah. As far as on the big screen, fucking... I just... I wish... I just wish... And you're 100% right. DC's rogues gallery fucking beats the hell out of Marvel's. By far. Just Batman's by itself. But the problem is... Translating that into modern day... They've been too... It's almost like they're too scared to show that. Yeah. Not only that, they don't have people in their employ that don't... They, I feel like, honestly, like, they don't have... They don't try to seek out the people that know how to do it well. One of the guys, one of the best writers for DC is named Tom King. Uh-huh. He worked for, like, the fucking CIA. Yeah. He's the guy who wrote the story of Elmer Fudd being an assassin... Going to assassinate Bruce Wayne. And this motherfucker made Elmer Fudd an imposing assassin in a comic book. This is the guy you need to write your Justice League movie. Hey, Tom, here's like a million dollars. Make the goofiest fucking script possible. And we're just going to make it. We're just going to make it. But like how... How imposing on the cinematic universe... Would it be if they spun off of this and did the next one as an Arkham movie, which I know that's like Tim's what dream, where huh. where we actually get and I like Margot Robbie as an actress. <clears throat> I do not like her as Harley Quinn. Let's not talk about that because fuck that movie. I haven't but, even seen it, and I'm like fuck this movie. You talking about I'm Birds s- of Prey? I'm yeah. still upset about the first one. No, because Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey, ruined my love for uh, fucking Ramona Flowers because she had an affair with McGregor on set while he was married. So fuck everybody involved with that shit. Oh shit, I didn't know about that. Sorry. Um, uh, but 
you know, how wonderful would it be and how liberating, would it, freeing it would be if we did something where Harley Quinn was actually a smart, intelligent woman who falls in love with Joaquin's character. And like a sweet old gal from the seventies interviewing him I, and shit. That's something that's <clears throat> that stuff we're gonna I I know where you're going, Tim. I can see the, the hamster on the wheel. We're gonna fight about that till the day we die. Hamster face. But Well, just remember how the movie She was Harley Quinn was in love with him in every canon. She Yes. You okay. are a hundred percent right. Yes. She was in love with we're him. Not, we're not going into that. We're not going into that story. We're not going into his feelings on her right now. She was in love with him in every canon. That's where I'm touching. Where, how she fell in love with him and... And we don't get this, like, overly sexualized, you know, tits and crotch hanging out version of Harley Quinn. Where we get someone who has a PhD, MD, whatever... And can and can and have sex appeal without having to show everybody what she looks like naked, and then fuck it. Let's I mean let's throw a little bit of scarecrow in there. Oh fuck yeah! Did we ever talk about the Joker Blogs YouTube channel? Uh uh-uh. uh No, so, but I already need to. It, it's got scarecrow. I'm in. Yeah. So the it's a old fan. It's a fan fiction. They basically try to do. Their own version of the Nolan universe, uh-huh. where Heath's Joker goes in, meets Harley Quinn. Uh-huh. He's in Arkham with Scarecrow. Uh-huh. Jeremiah Arkham has a whole heel turn. Like, they went deep with the storylines. Which is really what I heard the third movie was supposed to be. Yeah. And they actually, they, 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 I think they got hit with legal trouble. Because everybody, they had like a Patreon before it was Patreon. Uh-huh. Everybody's like, where the fuck are your last season? Like, I think DC hit him up with like a... Cease and desist. Because the last... They think every... Like, once a year, they go on their Facebook page and they're like, we're so sorry, guys. I can't tell you why the show hasn't finished, but we're still trying to get it done. Right. Yeah, so they probably did get hit with a cease and desist. But this... They found a way to include the Phantasm... Oh. Into fucking the Nolan universe style. Remember that thing I sent you? The shotgun wedding? Where... Harley's getting married to her fiance, and Joker shows up and just fucking kills him with a shotgun right in front of her. And that starts the turn. And by the end of season two, Scarecrow hits her with the fear gas, and she sees the theater mask on the wall in her office, and then she fucking transforms. Because she's deluded. Right. Oh, I like that. Right. Because that's the way that they start season two is that she wakes up not only dreaming of the Joker, but like him killing her fiance. So she's obsessed. She wants to like kill him, but she can't stop thinking about him. And then she gets hit with the fear gas and it's fucking gone. And I was like, that's the baddest version of that story I've ever seen. And that's on fucking YouTube. It's like two guys in like California. May I offer a counterpoint? Mm. Is it about how Joker doesn't love Harley No. Okay, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like your idea, but I don't... Th- 
think that this particular Joker fits that mold. I just because the totally. reason the reason why Harley falls in love with Joker is because Joker is a master manipulator and he's very charismatic. This Joker, Joaquin, is, is not charismatic. No. As as a certified vagina old owner, <laughs> I will tell you that women love to fix broken things. Please, please tell me that's a shirt. Uh, certified <laughs> vagina owner. I'm a, uh, no, but I, I I could get one made. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I can women s- love to fix broken things, and that is something that I can see that I can see that leap, and I can also see them planting the seeds, not delving into, but I can see them planting the seeds for you know, Killer Croc and. I'll, I mean, Fuck! Can we have, like this is called the Phillips universe, a killer, yes. a killer croc Let's in the Philip in the Phillips verse. I would love to see what that looks like. Fuck yeah! It's a kid kicked out of the circus with the scales, and then he starts doing fucking. He just starts or lo- bad fucking psoriasis. Or what is that? That um, there's like a there's an actual skin condition that you develop scales. Psoriasis. Well, uh, not bad, that. Bad, but, like I've seen like bad bad. Or eczema. I'm sorry, eczema. But I think the name of it has the word Harlequin in it. Oh, really? Yeah, like Harlequin ichthyosis or something fucking crazy. Where, like, you develop, like, black scales on your skin. And, like, you could do that. And, like, the dude just comes out of the sewer and just bites you. Like, that, fuck. But I would love to, like, I would love to see them plant the seeds for that kind of stuff in, the, in, in another movie. Like, I, hook, line, and sinker. Like, I haven't been like, this excited about a DC movie since the first Nolan Batman. I think, I think too, like, I, I'm with you 100%. And my dad, who was like, I've documented this everywhere. My friends all know. My dad is like the Heath dude. When I told him that Joaquin surpassed, he was like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, you gotta watch it. Like, you need, I can't, I can't tell you. You have to feel it. This is very much a feel. Has you're, to be. You're 100% right on that. Yeah. It is a feel. Like, I can't act out this movie for you. Like, anybody. No. I used to be able to do that with, like, Heath and, like, other shit. This movie is something different no, because... No, Joaquin gets you to feel, like, real legit There's feelings. something about this, like, this helplessness, and it's just like, fuck, dude. Like, it's just... And that's the thing, too. Like, to go on Tim's point, this Joker doesn't need Harley Quinn. He just imagined his own. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a Harley. He's already got a girl in his brain. But you, know, you could you could play with that though. You could really play with that a lot. And just the fact that you and I are like, yeah, with a DC movie is fucking. That tells yeah, you. That, that fucking sh- tells you. Yeah, because I like to shit. I like I I I have tried Man of Steel three times and I've fallen asleep through it every single time. Shit, we made a podcast on shit on DC movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> please see season one. Fuck yeah! <laughs> yes. Not a specific episode, just all of it. All of it. Just, just fast forward to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but this, like this, I I hope to God, I hope to God he makes another one. Not just that. I hope that, honestly, all the DC movies from now on, own director, own script, no roadmap. Just make whatever the fuck movie you want to make. We want that part. Yeah. Done. Like, all the DC movies should be timeless, 
artifacts straight up. And we can mix them in later if we see the desire to. There is something to be said about how this is a standalone movie, though. Yeah, I don't even want to. I didn't want to consider a sequel to this movie because it's so fucking good. I, yeah, and I don't want it to be like I don't want it to be a true sequel. I want it to be another standalone movie. Has to be that for people like us, it would be a sequel. You know, it'd be fucking nuts. But if know, the Pattinson Batman has an old, like, sixty-year-old fucking Joaquin in it. You could do that. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted. It doesn't have to be standalone. Well, you know what I mean? Let's not put Patterson in the Batman suit. Wasn't Ben Affleck bad enough? Have you seen <laughs> him in the suit? I'm still making this face, Eric. Well, let me say this. As far as acting range, I know Goodwill Hunting is good and all, but Pattinson... As far as acting range, fucking annihilates Batfleck. And I'll tell you why. I saw... I hated, I hated Ben Affleck even in Goodwill Hunting. He almost ruined that movie for me. I saw a scene from The Lighthouse with Pattinson and Defoe. Okay. This shit was the most, like, tension, like, unnerving fucking scene. Because, like, that script on, like, it's like a Facebook page. But he's going Willem Dafoe. Let's put him against a fucking table. Let's put him against some no-name kid that has no talent. No, you need to watch the scene from The Lighthouse because... Willem Dafoe could make me look good in a movie. <laughs> I, I think you look good all the time. Oh, God. There you go. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the dude, like, the, he has chops. I have to give him a shot. We gave... I was... I was scared about Joaquin, and look what the fuck happened to me. I was, like, crying on the edge of crying. No, and Tim can back me up on this. As soon as I saw Joaquin as the Joker, my first word was, I'm in. I'm in. I was scared. No. Yeah, I was we talked about that. Yeah. We talked, you and I, you and I flipped. You were into it, and I was like, fuck this. And then when I saw it, I was like, you need to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like... And I don't it, know. Honestly, like it really depends. It depends on the writer, the director. It has to be a fucking vision. So a Pattinson, Batman movie. Who the fuck's writing the script? Who the fuck's directing it? That's uh, the real question we need to ask. Who fuck the suit? At a certain point, you got to have a fucking beast script. Please hold. I mean, I agree with that, but <sighs> Lil Wayne's holding a Packers fucking. Yeah, he's a Packers fan. Oh, sweet! I thought he was from New Orleans. He is, but he's a Packers fan. Oh, well, is he actually in town? Yeah, he's in Green Bay. They actually made him a custom seat for tomorrow's game. Well, golly. Oh. So, the director of the Batman is Matt Reeves. Um, he directed the, it looks like, War from the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Good fucking movies. Have Clover, you seen Cloverfield? Uh-uh. 10 Cloverfield Lane. I like 10 Cloverfield. Like, yeah. I'm in. I'm fucking... Those four movies, I'm fucking already in. Boner. So let's see who Wait, the... Don't... Let's see who the screenwriters are. Yep. Gotta see. This is important. So Matt Reeves wrote it with whoever Madison Tomlin is. Um, He's written only one other movie. And that was Little Fish. That comes out this year. Okay. 
Um, looks like an indie movie, so... Indie movies, they got some beast riders and waiting in the wings. They're like, fuck. Now, some of the stuff, some of the cast, I'm down for. I'm... See, okay. Colin on. Farrell. What up with Colin Farrell, though? I she wanted, hates Colin Farrell. I hate Colin Farrell. Come on! And she's I, Irish, so, I, I mean... I almost didn't For watch, fuck's sake. I almost didn't... His, his fucking Irish accent is worse than most Americans. Bullseye. Bullseye. <laughs> 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 yeah. He's, God, he's so bad. He's so bad. He what's, the good, best, he, what's the best Colin Farrell movie? He can't Phone booth. Phone booth. Fuck that. In Phone booth. No. In Bruges. Phone booth. Did you see in no. Bruges with him um, and uh, Brendan fan- Gleeson? Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That one's good too. I like Phone Booth just because it's tense, wow. it's minimalist, it's him and Keith for Sutherland. You guys need to watch in Bruges. I, I'm aware of its premise, but just Phone Booth was just so good because it was just so tense wow. the entire movie. What about Total Recall where he gets beat up by Brian Sh- Cranston? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Have you Get ever out. seen that? Are you drinking on the way over here? Yes. No. Um, <laughs> you, you don't know about that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I know about that. You didn't watch it? I watched parts of it. Parts. I fell asleep. Oh, good. That's probably Get the best thing. That's Mars. the best no, thing. No, it didn't have. Done. It didn't have Arnie go, in it going. Get your ass to Mars. No, it was like Kate Beckinsale fucking drop kicks him through a glass window. Yeah. And then Brian Cranston's like, I'm on steroids or whatever and that the fuck. Was, that was the only way I was talked into watching it was for Kate Beckinsale. Me too. Now, hold on. Speaking of Total Recall, the one thing that is cool is there's a guitar pedal that I really want. I don't know if you've seen this one. What's the name of the dude in the guy's belly? What's his name? I forget. Oh, fuck. Come I just on. Call, I just call him Chess Baby. <laughs> Open it your mind, with a, it, starts with a K, it starts with a K. It's like Kano dude, or something you, like that. Dude, you know how, fucked that, how that fucked me up when I was a kid? He's like, open your mind, Quaid. I'm like, I'm looking at my dad like, why the fuck did you bring me to this movie? Hold on, though. So, it is a pedal that has Reagan with Trump coming out of his chest. <laughs> and the eyes light up, and I'm like, I need that fucking pedal. I don't care what it does. Holy shit. I don't know if it's a noise gate. Oh I don't know what God. the hell it is. It's just a compressor. But I, I want one. The compressor's like... Hey, it's what? like a fucking envelope filter that does nothing. <laughs> it's not even a fucking... It's just a volume pedal. It's like, hey, where the fuck is your mind right now? Oh, my God, dude. It's a fucking foot switch. It does nothing. <laughs> we got way off tangent, but Colin Farrell's supposed to play the Penguin or some shit? Yes. No, thank you. See, here's my here's my big hangout. That's a no for me, dog. Okay, so <laughs> Wolf. Everybody, everybody in room currently. Yeah, let's see. Let's hit a room. Who is my favorite villain of all time? Riddles. Right. Okay. I don't know who the fuck this Paul Dano is. What are you fucking talking about? He's the Riddler. Yes. Paul Dano's a beast. Okay. Have you ever seen? There will be blood. No. With the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, that is the movie where Daniel Day Lewis is the oil tycoon. I, I'm aware oh, of what it is. Yeah. yeah. Paul Dano is the preacher. That fucking dude. Okay. First off, I don't know who the fuck he is. Second, why? Oh fucking why? Wow. Did we have to change his name from Edward Nigma to Edward Nashton? Why? What was him having a name like Edward Nigma hurting fucking anybody? Why did you change his name? That's lame. 
But Paul Dano could do some good work with that shit. He's, he's going to have to impress big time. And I've been wrong before because I went, Joaquin can't do Joker, and I was fucking very wrong about that. There will be blood as a fucking... I'm not saying I'm not dude, saying anything Johnny about Green, it. Johnny Greenwood did the soundtrack. Okay, yes. now you're, movie's you're good earning points. Yeah. Good, oh. Paul Dano's a motherfucker. He was in Little Miss Sunshine. Yep. And he was in Prisoners. And 12 Years a Slave. What was, what was he in Prisoners? I'm was he the weirdo? Yeah. Was he, was he the dude that fucking Hugh Jackman tortured? He was the one. Uh, of the, he was one of the rich sons in Twelve Years a Slave. The dude is like a fucking chameleon. All I can remember from Twelve Years a Slave was that Michael Fassbender was a total dickhead in that movie. Horrible. Loved him. Horrible. I loved him in everything that he. Did. That's because you want to see him like nude. I have. Oh my goodness. What is that Shame? The movie Shame, dude. <laughs> I was going to say, to all the ladies out there, watch Shame. No, I watched Shame and I was like, God damn, Michael. Yeah, that was like Kate's freaking... <laughs> That's Kate's hall pass right there. I will take that hall pass. Yeah, I'm sure you fucking will. Golly. Um, my hall pass is Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, if you're listening, damn I love it. you. I thought it was Keanu Reeves. You keep, you keep fucking flip-flopping. Why was it ever Keanu Reeves? Because Cyberpunk came out, that's why he got. I would like, sit down and hang out with Keanu Reeves. He doesn't like. Yeah, I would want to sit and smoke cigarettes with Keanu Reeves. John Wick Three was that shit. We got to talk about John Wick Three real quick. I was gonna say there's, there's a fucking scene where he basically like he fights these guys in like a like an antique weapon room, and like basically he's taking knives out of the guy to stab another guy. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And Annie's like. Turn this off. Your daughter cannot watch this. And Cass is like, holy shit, do you see that? I'm like, this movie's badass, right? No, it was funny because I was watching, I like I like watching Wired a lot. And I know I send you a lot of videos and you're probably like, what the hell, Tim? I don't want to watch this. That's fine. But, I'm at work and I'm like, fuck this lady. <laughs> Memes. But, Yay. Um, there was a guy that's a, he's a uh, emergency, I think he works in the emergency room. He's a physician. And he broke down the one scene in Parabellum where the guy... i seen that. Where he jumps off the roof. Or he get, Yeah, he jumps off the roof and he hits like a freaking... He hits a fire escape, a roof, and something else. And he's like, that's four falls. He's like, I know John Wick's a badass and all, but he's like, you're going to be really fucked up that's after like, that. That's like four dead. broken ribs and like, like two ruptures. Yeah. Can we talk about my the part in Joker that really bothered me? Hit me. Go ahead. All right. Hit me. So let me get on my soapbox really quick. Where's the trigger? So the scene where he kills his mom. Frances Conroy, fucking one of my favorite actresses. Oh my God, she did such a good Six job. Feet Six under, feet under, bro. Fucking give me some. She's the only yeah. reason why I watch Coven because Frances was in it. I was oh like, my God, she did such a good job. Kill. Coven. Um. Anyways. I worked in the stroke unit. Okay? Yeah. And they have her set up, like, how she should be set up. Like, they had they had medical staff there. Like, down to, like, little details that, like, nobody else would notice. But, but, people, but people who have worked with stroke patients. But the fact that you pick up on that, it shows how fucking good this movie Until is. Until Joaquin mm. goes to kill her. Alright. In the hospital? Yeah. With the pillow? Alright. Yeah. So Spoilers. First, so first of all, he puts the pillow over her face. 
She has nasal cannulas in. That's not going to suffocate her. It's not going to smother her. She's getting oxygen. Do you think it was just me? Well, I guess this is a pretty, this is probably a pretty stupid question, but I've had like two 8% beers. So here it comes. Do you feel like that is just the old school style of movie making where it's like dramatic smothering scene? Like, oh no! Like, it's just made, it's just shot that way for maximum impact. No, I think it was something that they missed. Mm. That's what I, I, honest to God, I think it was something that they missed. You know what? I just had something like really weird cross my mind. Like, what's the most affecting murder scene? Like, ooh. Like, when you watch somebody just kill somebody, uh, like, for me, like, one of the most fucked up murder scenes I've ever seen was Sopranos. Let me tell you why. There was a scene late in the show when fucking, uh, Moltisanti and fucking Tony Soprano were in the car. Oh, you're talking about with fucking the seatbelt? The car crash. Yep. With the two chicks. And he's like, this fucking stereo's got no balls. He's all coked up and shit. Tony realizes he's fucking coked up, and he puts his nose, and he fucking suffocates him through his nose. I was like, what the fuck did, what, dude, the way they shot that, it was so, like, another that snake, that snake moment, where, like, you see the real Tony, and you're like, what the fuck, this show is that shit. See, the most fucked up for me on The Sopranos was him and Ralphie, him and Joey Pants. But Ralphie's a piece of shit. Ralphie was a piece of shit. I'm not saying he wasn't. But it was just fucked up. The way they like shot... threw boiling water on him and the shit. The way they shot that... Like it was the camera, tense. Like, the, the fucking... Like, HBO was that shit when, like, when it comes to, like, even Oz. Like, the camera... The camera zooms in on your dead body face, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? Stop! <laughs> like, Sopranos did that shit. Oz did that shit. You're right. It's just like, fuck. And Joker... Kind of does that a little bit, but... Um, so the other thing that bothers me with that scene is... And this is a problem with directing. Is... So something they do when you have an affected side from a stroke. So, like... They call it affected side because it doesn't have to be paralysis. It can be a number of different extremes. But her right hand appears to be the affected, or her right side appears to be the affected side. So stroke on the left side. And there appears to be some sort of paralysis in her right hand because they have a washcloth in her right hand, which is super common for us to do when a patient can't open and close their hand on their own for two reasons. It kind of prevents some of the muscle atrophy so the physical the physical therapy and the OT people can work with them. The other thing that it does is it prevents your nails from digging into the palm of your hand. Wow. Um, and they did that. They put the washcloth there, which I thought was a really beautiful touch. But when she starts to struggle... <coughs> it breaks it. She breaks it. She breaks the immersion. And that's and that's something that the, the director should have caught. Both of those things the director should have caught. And they, you can tell that they hired a medical consultant to come in because there's just little detailed things. Just 
And that makes a, you know what, that makes a fucking difference. It does. It does. It, like, and you can tell it's somebody who has worked in an actual hospital. Right. Because there's a difference between hiring somebody who has only seen office experience and putting them on, on the s- floor. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't fucking know how things go. But, like, stuff with, like, like, th- this is another thing that kind of bothered me a little bit is they had her blood pressure cuff on the right-hand side. We don't do that because of the it being the affected side, the blood pressure is going to be very different. The blood flow is going to be very different on that side of the body. You would do it on the non-affected side. I bet money that was just meant for, like, visual, like, just to have everybody in the frame. And that's exactly... Well, like, no, they, it, it's not that there's a nurse in the room. They It's... Um, they left the blood pressure cuff on her, which is something they used to do many, many years ago so that they, would ha- they wouldn't have to, like, tossle the patient as much. Oh, so you think that was... Is it possible they did that, like, for the times? Um, so, like, they left... A, so that part, that part I get, but I think that when... I think they hired the medical consultant and didn't have them on set every single day. Yeah. And the scenes that they probably shot while the medical consultant was there for the day they shot her death, her murder, I don't think the medical consultant was there because everything else was done with such beautiful detail. And that's just little shit that you pick up, like, especially, like, I'm OCD with my patients. When I, like, when I, would work in, when I worked in the hospital, I would, and I know both of you would, like, totally not believe or totally believe this about me but i'm i'm ridiculous about my patient rooms i believe it and it's probably the best um thank you buddy Uh, just there's just things that you watch for because like it's things you like you scan the room for when you're when you're going in to do your rounds and you're going in and introducing yourself, but you're actually going in and you're like, okay, blood pressure cuff is here, this is here, this is here, this is here, this is here. You're a detective. The next time you go into the room, you got to bring X, Y, Z, and you're going to have to clean up this, this, and this, and, you know, it's just... That's a tough fucking job. So, well, it, I mean, it's a great job, but anyways, um, tough or not tough, it's... Anyways, but... I'm trying to build you up on a podcast. Thanks, sorry, man. <laughs> I'm not going to delete this. It's just You're like, an integral part of the show. It's, <laughs> but it's just like little stuff like that. Like, you wouldn't do a blood pressure on her right arm. You would do it on her left arm. Yeah. And like, the amount of detail that that this medical con- consultant had put in to the rest of those scenes. It means something. I first of all, I have to acknowledge them because God bless them because I hate watching anything medical. Because I'm like, yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Well, like bones? You're probably like, fuck this. I can't make it through a whole episode of bones. Fuck this. House, fuck this. Um, I, I'll watch House for Hugh Laurie, but like, I have never seen a doctor put Yeah, that's watch, I'll watch Hugh Laurie play the blues. That's fucking it um, <laughs> at this well, point. Like, like, and even, you know, I love I love House. I, and like I love Hugh Laurie. Even though that's not accurate, yeah. too. No, she's, she's awesome. That's but, you know, those wired things I watch, and like, they're talking about House, and like, some of the stuff he does where he's like, Walking into a surgery in like street clothes, the one the one surgical resident, she's like, yeah, she's like he would have never gotten to that point. She's like, fuck no, five little OR nurses would have tackled him. To tackle the his and ass. I tell you from working in like next to the like well in in the OR family, like these nurses are all like five foot two, 
I would not fuck with them on no. their, on their worst day. They got that fucking Samoan strength. They're like, gonna yeah. air hug your ass. Well, I was gonna say, I, think... <laughs> I, I would not fuck with them with them all hung over. No, and uh, fuck you know, no. I, I can't. I can't remember if Caven's mom is an ER or an ONR nurse. She's one of the two. Yeah. She was an ER nurse. Damn. And now she's a director of the OR. But I mean, she's she's a little thing too. And Caven always says that. You know, I mean, it's his mom, no, so he's going to say... she's director of nursing somewhere else. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. She's... Anyways. She's but, I mean, nurse. you know, Caden would say this anyway because it's his mom, but he's like, yeah, I wouldn't fuck with my mom. My mom's fucking... She's a beast. Like, she would fuck me up. It no, would not even be a problem. Simone would drop on your baby. What did I see when I found out that she was an OR nurse? I was mm-hmm. like, I won't fuck with her. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're like, Mm-mm, no, I don't want the problems in my life. She can mm-hmm. live 250. These, yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> she's <laughs> fucking gorilla pressing bitches out of the fucking... Because <laughs> here's the thing. Those little OR nurses... Two of them can, it's different moving a patient who can help you. It's different moving a patient who's dead weight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the moving of the unwilling body. That's that, like, yeah. God-given strength. Yeah. So shout out to the fucking OR nurses. Like, 